Chapter 15 of Mabel Ross, The Sewing Girl. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 15 The Mountain Ash. Seldom had Mabel been discouraged as upon this day. The having burdened herself with a rent large for her means was depressing in itself, and was rendered yet more so by knowledge that the change about to be made must narrow in every way their comfort and convenience. How different a prospect from that of their present snug rooms on Jackson Street was presented by this room in the Polk Street house, with its crowded neighborhood and neglected surroundings filled with ponds of stagnant water and vagrant poultry? Gravely, she thought on the possible effect the unfavorable change might have upon the condition of her little Lily, for she knew from her own observation, as well as from information of her physician, that the child was peculiarly under influence of cheerful sights and sounds, and a pure atmosphere. But in face of all this, that stern taskmaster, necessity, was against the loving sister, and there was nothing for her but to submit. The mere fact of the change was a novelty that, in contemplation alone, quite aroused the little Lily, and she plied her sisters with questions relative to their new home. "'Will there be a pretty mountain ash in the garden?' she asked. "'And will the garden be right under the window, like it is here?' There is neither garden nor pretty mountain ash, my darling, replied Mabel, clasping to her heart the little hands, eagerly put forth with the question. But sister will buy you a sweet-smelling mignonette instead, and after a while a pretty geranium, too, with bright red flowers, like the one in the garden. But a look of grief stole over the little pallid features, and during the short silence that followed, and while she pressed her head against Mabel's shoulder, two big tears rolled from under Lily's eyelids and coursed down her cheeks. "'Won't it be something to have the pretty mignonette, dear Lily?' Mabel asked, in as cheerful a tone as she could assume. "'And to think by and by of the bright red geranium beside it?' "'Yes, dear Mabel,' almost sobbed the child. "'But still—' I'll so miss the garden at times I can sit up to the window, and the mountain ash that I can all but touch with my hand. Oh, Mabel, Mabel, the pretty red berries! I shall so miss the pretty red berries. Mabel thought how few sources of pleasure were now open to the little sufferer, and reproached herself that she, even so unwillingly, narrowed these to her. You will still have Hilda and Mabel, Lily, dear, she said, and you know the other day, after sitting up at the window, you said, after all, lying down with Mabel to hold your hand was as nice as being up and looking into the garden. Because I'd been up so long then, and my back pained me till I got to bed again, for oftentimes on Sundays you sit by me at the window and hold my hand, and that's better than all. Lily said this, still struggling with her tears, but at the last words she caught a view of Mabel's face, 
and the grief she read there recalled her to other feelings. But never mind, Mabel, dear, she hastened to add. I'll cheer up and make the best of it, as you often tell me to do. And won't you ask Mrs. Powers to let us take away a big bunch of her mountain ash? And then we'll put it in water on the mantle or somewhere, and see the pretty red berries long as we can. I will, my darling, and I know she'll let us. And so we'll have a little tree of our own, and one that Lily can see while she's in bed, as well as when she's sitting up to the window. Yes, yes, Mabel, I never thought of that. I can see it all the time, and that will be nice, though it is but a little tree, and not growing in the garden. Tuesday came round, and the move was made. Mabel retained only so much of her furniture as was actually needed in the more confined boundary of their new home, disposing of the remainder to Mrs. Powers. All they took with them was neatly arranged as circumstances permitted. The room was somewhat larger than either of those they left. Still, with its two beds, stove, little cupboard, sewing machine, table, and chairs, it had a crowded appearance and one not calculated to impress cheerfully the new occupants. Little Lily was conveyed to her new home on her bed, placed in the express wagon, and as it was a pleasant sunshiny day, the novelty of being out of doors and the ride together had the effect of putting the little girl in unusually good spirits. By the window, Mabel had placed the invalid's big armchair, and on the window sill, the driver of the wagon nailed a board, to give room for the standing of the little mignonette pot which Mabel had that morning purchased. The plant looked cheerful there in the sunshine, and so did the great bough of Lily's favorite tree, which Mrs. Powers had herself cut off and placed in a large broken vase of her own. The mignonette and the mountain ash had traveled in the express wagon with Lily herself, and so close to her that she could at any time touch them by putting out her hand. The expressman was a boarder of Mrs. Powers, and had frequently seen Lily in her better times from her seat at the window, and pitied her little white face with its look of patient suffering. Tenderly as a man handles his own feeble infant, did he carry in his strong arms the little bed with its light occupant, to and from its place in the wagon. And when he put it down in its new resting place, it was with tears in his honest eyes that he said, God help you, little one. It takes a brave heart to bear what he has put on you. He refused to take the dollar Mabel offered him. Keep it yourself, he said. Every dollar is much to a girl that's got one like her, pointing to Lily, to look to. You have honestly earned it, said Mabel, still proffering him the money. And perhaps are not rich enough yourself to afford to be so generous. I'd feel poor enough if I took it, rejoined the man, turning away. I'm a good bit more than a dollar richer without it. For a moment or two after he had left, Mabel stood silently with the dollar in her hand. It was little Lily's voice that broke the quiet. It was a good angel gave you the dollar, Mabel, she said. It was, my darling, was the reply and sent of God, as you know all good angels are. Yes, Mabel, 
Hilda was talking the other day about dreading the time you'd come to your last dollar. That time's further off now, isn't it? Further off by a good bit, maybe? Just so far off as God wills it, my darling. He best knows how it should be. End of chapter 15